Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Briefs. My name is Sean, and today we're going to be talking about three films. We're going to be talking about Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, The Suicide Squad, and Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So this is kind of a superhero comic book uh, genre brief. So, um, first off, Shang-Chi is what we're going to be talking about, and it is the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so, you know, it's taking place after the, uh, the snap and endgame and everything from Thanos. Um, and it's just, we are introduced to a new superhero of Shang-Chi and, um, it turns out that his father is the Mandarin, the Mandarin that's been alluded to since the, you know, Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 3. So, uh, and it, it basically he, Shang-Chi was raised by the Mandarin to be kind of an assassin and then he disappeared and went on his own and because he didn't want to live that life and now he has to confront his father again along with his sister and, uh, kind of deal with some family turmoil. Um, It was a great movie in my opinion. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I think excellent casting. We had uh, Samu Lu as Shang-Chi, and it's also uh, brought in Aquafina, Benedict Wong, Ben Kingsley. I mean, he's in there as a, not like a bigger than cameo. Uh, Michelle Yao. Um, Honestly, though, one of my favorite parts was uh, the Mandarin. Um, He's He's been portrayed in the films as, you know, just this terrorist, and but in this film, he is more than that in a way. Um, you actually f- really feel for the character, um, and I thought that was really interesting. Like, I thought he was, a, you know, one of the better villains of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, especially in a solo film. I, I personally feel like Shang-Chi was a, one of the better solo outings um that we've had in quite a while it's uh honestly kind of reminds me of black panther and and how it is uh perceived and the message that it's trying to send as well um so i think that if anybody was a fan of black panther or is just a fan of mcu or uh wants to see you know a big um Asian American ensemble or just Asian uh, ensemble cast I think Shang-Chi is also a great film for that Um, so I'm going to be giving Shang-Chi a uh, 4.25 out of 5 I thought it was a really fun time it's to me it's one of the better Marvel films in in recent uh, entries so I'm excited to see Shang-Chi in the late you know and going further in the MCU in this next phase Um, second film we're going to be talking about is The Suicide Squad now this is kind of a somewhat sequel to the very first uh, Suicide Squad that came out in 2016. It is directed and written by James Gunn, who is, of course, famous for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Stars Idris Elba, uh, Margot Robbie, um, and uh, Viola Davis, and so and a bunch of other characters that reprise their roles from the last film, and some new characters. Um, And it is fortunately rated R, which I think a Suicide Squad needed to be rated R. Um, It's... It also stars John Cena, and he plays a very humorous role, and his, his role as Peacemaker is now getting a TV show on HBO Max. So just kind of goes to show you the, the success of the Suicide Squad. Um, it was a fun time. I had a lot of fun with it. it to me, it was better than the last film. Um, I feel like, though, it's kind of mid-road for DC films. Um, you know, I, I had a good time up to it. And then kind of the introduction of kind of the villain, kind of just an, you know weird creature Starro is in it um, that's kind of a spoiler but 
Uh, it's it's kind of alluded to in the trailer, so it's not some big reveal. But I felt like you know the film up to the Starro kind of stuff was good, and then it just kind of w- went really weird. And I know the Suicide Squad is meant to be kind of weird and funky, but the it just kind of felt out of place for me. But the build up to the film was really fun. I thought the characters are great. Idris Elba and John Cena's banter back and forth was great. Um, however, the uh, the breakthrough character for me, I think, and I think for a lot of people, was Ratcatcher. Like uh, for a character that's just meant to be expendable she gave a lot you know the actress that portrayed her and how they wrote her um you felt a lot of heart a lot of um you you just felt for this character and you didn't want to see her get hurt or anything so it was it was really interesting to see how they did that um so i'm going to be giving this a probably 3.5 out of 5 um like i said it was a lot better than the last suicide squad and it's a fun film like if it's on tv i'm going to be watching it like if you need a fun you know just fun action-packed r-rated gore fest film then this is i mean it is very gory uh but it is very funny it's kind of like a black comedy in that sense so um that's what i'm going to be recommending it for um third film is going to be venom let there be carnage now this is the sequel to the original venom back in 2018 starring tom hardy as eddie brock slash venom um this is a sequel it's um also stars woody harrelson as uh cletus cassidy who is a serial killer in the marvel you know comic book universe and um he becomes carnage who is technically the offspring of Tom of not Tom Hardy of uh, Venom uh, because Cletus Cassidy gets some of Tom Har- or uh, Eddie Brock's blood, which has Venom in it, and he becomes Carnage, and so uh, you kind of deal with that. So it's really Venom versus Carnage. Um, however, I was kind of not disappointed by the film because I mean the last film I would give a two point five out of five. Um, it's not a great film, but it's fu- it's fun. Um, it's fun for what it is. Um, it's not a terrible film, but I feel like this film kind of did the same thing of like, you know, the, the plot was very basic and you don't actually see Carnage and Venom go at it until the end, which is kind of disappointing. Um, however, I, you know, they, they brought what was good about the first film back for more. So the, the thing about the first film for me was the banter between Venom and Eddie Brock. They amplified that big time. And they, you know, the, the producers and writers of the shoot show knew that's what really made, or sorry, the movie made the movie was the banter between Eddie Brock and Venom. It's just, you know, they're like a bickering couple. And even there's a couple characters that acknowledge that, you know, Venom and Eddie Brock need to get marriage counseling, that kind of need, need to see therapists. Because, you know, it's kind of like a... Um, a odd couple, you know, uh, kind of show it or movie. It's, I don't know why I keep calling it a show. Um, however, uh, there is a time where they do split and then they come back together, but it was a very, to me, it was also felt like a very rushed film in the sense that not that it was like, you know, like hurry, what we got to make this, but just like there was so much going on and it's also a 90 minute film. Like you didn't really get to know the characters as much as you wanted to. Like, uh, Woody Harrelson has a character play or has a girlfriend, um, but played by Naomi Harris, like she's in this film, but like I think this actor, this character could have been by, played by anybody. It didn't have to be Naomi Harris because I felt like her character was kind of wasted. Um, however, it does set up for a sequel, like Venom Three. Um, now this is going to be a spoiler heavy. Now this is going to be the last review, obviously, but this is a spoiler heavy uh, reveal here. And if if you ha- you know, so uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, then I would just shut off the podcast right now. But if you're okay being spoiled, or you know what's going to come then keep on listening. But the big reveal was the end credit scene where um, it is revealed that um, 
something happens multiverse-wise, and now Venom and Eddie Brock are now in the MCU. Uh, it's not really fully explained because I think we're going to get that in the new Spider-Man film, but there is a scene where Venom looks at the TV and you see Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So uh, this is where the MCU is going. It's bringing in these, uh, you know, Sony uh, properties. So that's why we, you know, why it's a good chance that Morbius is going to be part of the MCU. So to be honest, I feel like this was a film that had to be made uh, for the purpose of like getting to the multiverse. However, I also feel like the end credit scene was probably filmed within the last two or three months because of Morbius's pushback and you know they're they're saying well we have to have something connected so um it was a great i mean honestly it was one of those end credit scenes that everybody was like in the in the theater just stood up and was like oh my god can you believe that you know that's just it's ridiculous like i haven't seen that reaction from an end credit scene in a very long time so that was kind of cool to see but that's where the venom uh films are going to be going well at least the you know venom where he's going to be going is he's going into the mcu or technically he's already there and we're going to find out how he got there in spider-man so so yeah i'm going to be giving um venom uh, Let There Be Carnage, probably the same score as I would give the original Venom, uh, a 2.5 out of 5. Like, it's not, you know, fresh for me, kind of, you know, it was predictable, it was lacking on plot for me, um, the humor was there, the banter, I thought, you know, they, that really made it for me. Um, I kind of wish these movies would be rated R, but they're, they're PG-13, um, so no surprise there. So, to be honest, it, you know, it's not an improvement, but it's also not, like, you know, a disappointment from the last one. It's... I mean, they're, they're, they're fun films for sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you for uh, listening to this episode of The Briefs. Mm-hmm.